Hello and welcome back to Venture Studio. In today's episode, Dave interviews Alex Iskold, a two-time founder, an angel investor, and the managing director of Techstars New York. If you like what you've been hearing, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and listen on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash venture-studio. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to send them our way at Venture Studio on Twitter. Techstars is one of the most prominent startup accelerators in the world. What does Techstars do? They make entrepreneurship accessible by opening doors to capital, mentorship, marketing, business development, customer acquisition, and talent recruitment. Like many accelerators, Techstars runs 13-week programs and also invests in its member companies. Since launching in the summer of 2011, the New York chapter of Techstars has hosted 73 companies, plus 14 more in the current program. New York alumni include ChatID, CrowdTwist, Jukely, Plated, and ClassPass. And DigitalOcean? They're headquartered in New York City, but actually went through the Boulder program in 2012. Today's guest, Alex Iskold, founded GetGlue, which was acquired in 2013, and Information Laboratory, which was acquired in 2003. Alex has raised money from some of the best VCs in New York, including Union Square Ventures, RRE, Time Warner, and Rowe Ventures. I spoke with Alex at Techstars before this interview, and his one request was that the listeners try to ignore his thick Ukrainian accent because there's actually some pretty good content in here. Alex writes a great blog about startups and venture capital at alexiscold.net, and you can follow him on Twitter at alexiscold. Now, let's head up to the Venture Studio office with Dave Lerner and Alex Iskold. In the office, baby. Alex, great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm great, Dave. Thanks for having me. You know, the listeners uh, know a lot about you already from the intro, etc. cetera. Uh, so let's perhaps start by diving into Techstars New York. I love the program. I've been involved from the beginning as a mentor, as an investor. Uh, if I'm uh, 100% honest, I would say I think David Tisch kicked it off really well, and then maybe there was a lull for a while, and then you've come on and really reinvigorated things. What is your process? Give us a little window into how it works. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's really humbling. We get a ton of applications, ton of founders from around the world want to be part of the program. Um, we end up accepting uh, a little bit over half of the percent. Uh, it's incredibly competitive. Our process starts with an application, um, and the applications get reviewed by me, uh, my staff, mentors, alumni, and then we go through several rounds of interviews um, with finalists, and then you know we select um, you know a group that participates in the program. And then in our current class, we have fourteen companies. Yeah, fourteen companies, uh, and and I was delighted uh, selfishly to see two Columbia teams in there, both with female founders. Is that more companies than you you've usually had? Um, the class before this one hit 12, so this is this is uh, this is a lot. You know, Techstars programs tend to have between 10 to 14, so this is a pretty big class for us. Right. I've read your blog, which is alexiscold.net. I'm a reader of the blog. It's a terrific uh, blog and, and a great resource for entrepreneurs. You've had a lot of learnings from from the cohorts you've been through. Uh, let's start by kind of getting an, an insight into what you guys are looking for. You say team, team, and team, but what does it really mean? 
Well, you know, th there's really no formula for this, right? Like I'm now an investor in 38 different companies through Techstars and, <clears throat> you know, there's certain patterns, but, you know, laws of averages don't apply to individuals, right? Every company is its own thing. Um, in terms of like what we're looking for, I th you know, for what I'm looking for as an investor, and when we say team, 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 um, I think we say a couple of things. One, incredible passion and drive, really having what it takes to go all the way. Startups are marathons. Um, you cannot duck down. You have to sacrifice a lot. Do you have what it takes? Like that's a really, really big thing. Um, secondly, great CEOs. So beyond the great team, what I'm learning is um, a great CEO makes a ton of difference because that's the leader of a, of a strong team. And then, you know, complementary skills are important as what. Well. But increasingly what I'm learning is domain expertise, um, such an invaluable thing when a founder um, you know, has an experience in the space that they're trying to change. Um, I think it's super, super valuable. Yeah. You know, one of the pieces I read that you wrote about, and we, we've spoken about this, you talk about domain expertise, but you also talk about an engineering core. What do you mean by that? Oh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this. So this is one of my big theses and obsession. Um, and, you know, Wired Magazine did an article about this, I think, you know, a year and a half ago, just when I took uh, you know, took over Techstars New York. Yeah. Um, I, I am squarely and deeply, I'm, I'm an engineer myself, and as an investor, I'm a deep believer in uh, funding engineering uh, teams, teams that are uh, creating technological innovations, uh, truly inventing new things. Uh, not to say that we would not fund a team of founders that doesn't have that, but we tend to fund a lot more teams that have strong engineering core. The latest class, for example, has more consumer companies than the class before. But uh, if you look closely, you'll see that it's basically a ton of engineers tackling uh, really hard consumer problems. And having this engineering core, in my opinion, is so, so important because it allows you, um, you know, to persevere, truly innovate, create big competitive differentiation. Right. I've, I've had my uh, mentor day for this cohort, and I was really blown away by the depth that some of these teams have on, on the engineering core. It was shocking. Another uh, area that you and I have, have chatted about is maybe more of a New York thing, but you've said that getting, these, getting a marketing plan going early, cultivating influencers, leveraging events is something that maybe we here in New York don't do as well as they do in the Valley. What, what are your observations? Yeah, uh, this is actually part of a bigger theme, which is sort of working backwards from your goals. Um, and this is like one of my big things that we do in the program. So as an example, a lot of most founders want to fundraise. That's pretty obvious, right? Hey, I want to raise money so that I can build the business. But to raise money, what do you really need to do? You need to hit certain miles, certain metrics. So then the question is, how can you achieve those metrics? What is the growth that you need to generate? How can you demonstrate early signs of product market fit? Well, you need to have an exceptional product that's given. But besides exceptional product, uh, in today's day and age where we have so much noise out there, um, what's important is to have a marketing plan. And it's not, what, what I love about modern day marketing is it's actually more like engineering. It is, it is a system, it's a state machine that you can design for when you launch your product so that it's not just one pop on TechCrunch or Product Hunt, but it instead a deliberate strategy that includes 
uh, multi-channel marketing that spawns a course of, you know, anywhere between a month to three months so that you think through not just launching your product, but really how you're going to market it. You know, who are the key influencers? Uh, what PR do you need to do? What's your content strategy around the product? What are the viral hooks within your product? How will you really acquire customers and generate awareness? So that's um, you know part of part of the whole kind of system of how you think you can achieve your KPIs and ultimately validate that you have a business and raise funding. And how are you going to get these hardcore engineers to uh, acquire these skills? You know, I, I think a lot of it is math and a lot of it is engineering. I mean. Hmm. You know, the old day, old, old school marketing was a bit of a wood of science, right? And, and, and you kind of like plowed money into channels that you couldn't measure and couldn't understand. I think today's digital marketing is essentially, you know, it's down to a science. You can understand every channel. You can measure every channel. Um, and, and ultimately what you're looking for is you're looking for uh, less obvious channels that generate most traffic and convert the best. I mean, it's a mathematical equation. If you if you look at it that way, uh, the world looks simple. Now, it doesn't mean that you can solve the equation, right? Like you have to be creative and innovative and really figure out and find you know ways to acquire customers. But the way you measure and the way you go about is 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 pretty much you know I, I think pretty much is a science these days. That's great. Um, Another big area I know you you all focus on is uh, getting people ready for, you know, cultivating investors, pitching, etc. One of the themes that uh, I've adopted from you guys in in my classes at Columbia and elsewhere is this this theme of happy ears, and I think it's an interesting heuristic for for our listeners to uh, to understand. Can you can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. This is this is actually a, a term that. I first heard from David Cohen, a founder of Techstars, and you know, and as a founder myself, like I've started two companies, I could relate to this uh, very easily. The happy years is basically what founders tend to have when they speak with investors, because you know, uh, when an investor says maybe, founder hears a yes, and when an investor says a no, founder hears a maybe. You know, on one hand, that's what makes us founders really strong, and that's why we achieve the impossible. On the other hand, it's a huge cause of stress. And to deal with happy years and to make sure you're not, um, you know, mistaken in what you're hearing, uh, you can use a technique called reflective listening. And so, as an example, if I heard, I heard that you, Dave, want to invest in my business, I can just confirm. I can say back to you, it's like, hey, Dave, uh, what I heard is that you actually intend to um, invest in my business. Is this correct? You know, and right. what I what I've heard is that you intend to invest in my business if the following conditions are met: if we have a lead investor, or if we achieve the following milestones, or if whatever the terms are in place. So the point being is, don't be overly jolly as a founder. Don't 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 just pretend that people are saying yes when they're actually not saying yes. And Use a very simple technique of reflective listening to make sure you're actually hearing what you think you're hearing. I mean, is, isn't this just legion among entrepreneurs? It's just how many years have I heard people saying, oh, I had an incredible meeting with this angel or this VC, and they're all over us, and they're interested in what we're doing, and they want to invest. And then typically, you know, the weeks go by, and you come back, and you say, well, how did it end up? And they're like, well, we haven't heard back, and 
Um, they're not responding to our emails, right? Investors are going to be friendly and, and right by definition and supportive. Um, so you really have to uh, listen to those cues. And I love that technique of, you know, confirming, is this what I understand? Is this, is this, are we on the same page here? I, lo- I love it. Let me, let me uh, switch gears a little bit on, on the uh, demo day side of things. So many investors now are blogging about, you know, don't, don't go to demo day and, you know, all the investing happens beforehand and I don't go to demo day anymore. How do you deal with that critique in general? Um, I think it varies from ecosystem to ecosystem. We in New York are super fortunate to have incredibly strong community and literally our demo days are getting better and better and more, you know, high caliber people are coming back to our demo days. I I can't quite disclose yet what's going to happen for the upcoming one, but we're going to have all-star cast speakers and my inbox is pretty flooded with people asking to come to our demo day. Um, so I don't, we, I don't really see this problem in New York. I think that it's a function of the quality of the companies that we're able to attract to the program. And I think it's so, you know, it, it takes time to send this message, right? And I think for us, Demo Day is, is an event uh, that's really, really important because it's, a, it's, it's an organized and meaningful way to... Uh, demonstrate the acceleration that the companies achieve in just short three months. Right, right. It, and it's a coming together of the community and it's a celebration as well. You know, you, you guys have been at it for a number of years now. I think Techstars must be seven, eight years old. The alumni bench strength and depth that has been cultivated, how are you, it must be extraordinary, how are you leveraging that for the companies that get into the program? So it's really interesting that you mentioned this. We've, you know, like you said, we started in Boulder in 2007 with like one small, tiny program. We're now in 20 cities and graduated over 700 companies, of which over 100 companies are based in New York, whether they went through a program here or they landed here after the program. And I am, this is one of my big obsessions, is I'm a huge uh, fan of thinking about the universe in terms of networks. And this particular network is fascinating because it's becoming recursive. Uh, founders now, you know, founders are coming back. I have a founder who started a company who is now back with his second startup. But 20% of our mentors in New York are actually founders. And it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing thing. They tend to make really great mentors because, um, you know, they're fresh, they're still out there, they know what it's like, and they, they can be really tactical and super helpful to the companies. So when you think about tech stars and, and kind of the vision of creating this global network of entrepreneurs around the world, um, really helping each other create and accelerate their companies, I think that in New York in particular, um, this node is so, so strong and founders are just incredibly giving um, and really happy to, to help the new founders create something uh, something meaningful and you know potentially even bigger than what they created. Right. The the network is far flung now. You're in many cities. You also have this partnership model with established large brands and players. Give us an insight into that. And I, I get questions about this from people as well. You know, you you'll you'll look at the New York class and you'll see a bunch of New York companies, but you'll also see companies from Seattle and other places. What? How does the organization think about? the geographic aspect and who gets in in terms of where they're from yep Techstars vision is to be an ecosystem that empowers founders 
um, create and accelerate businesses wherever they live. So by definition, um, we think about entrepreneurship in a global way, in a network-centric way, in a distributed way. We think that great ideas and great founders can come from anywhere. That's why we're looking to be on every single continent and, and we're looking to cultivate innovation everywhere. Um, our programs, there's two types that we, you know, types of two types of programs that we run. I run New York City program, which is basically a horizontal program where we're agnostic about the types of companies we uh, we take, and then we also run vertical programs in partnerships with you know big corporations and brands. They tend to be vertically focused, such as you know we run a media program with Disney in LA, we run a fintech program with Barclays in London, New York. And so essentially for us, it's bringing innovation to different parts of the world and different verticals. Right. One thing I've noticed is you have these, this partnership model that you just referred to. Is there some worry internally that, you know, these large brands will go to school, so to speak, on your techniques and then just try to do it themselves over the years? How do you guys think about that? You know, there's, you know, I think that they would, if, if a brand wants to do it, they can do it with or without us. The reason that brands partner with Techstars is because they recognize that our approach to uh, finding the companies, our approach to really accelerating them during the program, the mentorship approach and the results are such that they feel like we can be a powerful partner and ally for them. It's, you know, the way that Techstars is able to do it, we're able to um, really focus on the quality and the results. And it's not not random at all. It's sort of like top schools that you think about, right? Like Techstars is that way. And that's why you have, you know, iconic brands uh, like Disney and Barclays coming coming to us to partner. You know, you've got this massive distributed network. You've got these three-month sprints for these accelerators and then a break, and then you're doing another one. You're right in the middle of it all. You're getting smashed with emails constantly. How do you balance it all? I know you have a family. You have lots of interests. You know, you do yoga. How do you balance uh, your time? So I'm an obsessive productivity uh, and an organization freak, literally. I couldn't have done this job if I literally did not organize my calendar into blocks and I've written a bunch of posts about it. So my, my technique is literally um, organize everything into a calendar block. So I have a separate block for email. I have block for to-dos. I have blocks for office hours. I literally have a block for when I go to the gym. Um, I have a block for family activities. You know, it, it seems a little crazy and robotic, but it's the only way that I can execute. And funny thing that happens is when I follow, you know, uh, my calendar, I'm, I'm a lot less stressed. And then when founders adopt this system, they're also able to get a lot more things done. So it, it, the system really does work. You just need to be disciplined. Ah, so this is contagious. You've got some of your founders on this program as well? Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think this is one of our you know, big value adds here in New York is not only helping companies, uh, you know, achieve their goals, but also help them uh, improve how they're operating. And, you know, everybody's different. People have different systems. But 
Um, the thing that I do know is like stress is really real and people can uh, burn out and get depressed and, 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 a, and a sure way to fight stress is to be organized. Another aspect of your role is, you know, yes, you're, you're in the midst of, you know, all the Techstars companies and emails and, in, and this sea of information. How do you parse it? How do you stay plugged in? Are there resources you go to every day? What, what is that part of your routine involve? Well, a couple of things. First of all, you know, as much as I stay on top of trends by, you know, reading news, etc., really who gets in and what happens in the program is largely dictated by who applies. We have a pool of founders and ultimately we, you know, we actively recruit companies, but we also end up essentially selecting out of the applicant pool. So if I'm excited about a trend, but there's no companies that apply to Techstars for, with this particular trend, um, it's not going to help me, right? But um, in terms of staying on top of stuff and finding things, like I've, I've actually written a script that scouts the web for companies, and it's pretty cool. It sends me weekly email, um, and it's based on certain criteria. I look specifically at what's happening in New York, but also specific verticals that I'm interested in, and um, it calls different resources like Crunchbase, Product Hunt, et cetera, and literally fishes out the companies and, you know, I go in and learn about them. So I kind of learn more this way versus, you know, reading TechCrunch or other resources. I imagine it's, it's a proprietary script. You're, you're never going to put it out there. It's actually public on GitHub. No way. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll have to get the links to that and publish it uh, in the notes to this. I would be remiss in, in, in not asking you, you know, you've been in New York since I think 94. You've seen this amazing evolution of the city. What is your prognosis? How is it going? What do you see happening in the next years? Where are we? You know, I, when, I, when I arrived in New York, my first job was at Goldman on Wall Street. There was very little to the startup ecosystem. Um, you know, we had, you know, Silicon Alley, which was a thing. I think that what we're looking at right now is fully fledged, incredible ecosystem where I would say, first and foremost, fueled by a incredible talent and passion, but really not to be underestimated, incredible angel and micro VC community. A lot of people, when they look at ecosystems, they puzzle as to why there's not enough startups here or there. And the answer is pretty simple. If there's no capital, there won't be any startups. And by the way, having a ton of VC firms with large funds sizes is good, but it's still not great for early stage systems. So what New York has that I think very few other uh, places have um, is a super strong angel uh, and micro VC community. My prognosis is that New York will get better in terms of creating uh, true innovation and generating more and more engineering driven and the companies with like strong engineering core, which kind of loops back to my obsession. I, I want to do whatever I can to bring more and more talented engineers to New York City because I feel like that's probably last missing piece of this whole puzzle. If we can get more engineers in this town starting companies, it will go even faster. And, and that's got to be a function of the elite accelerators, the universities, uh, and also probably the appeal of the city itself. That's exactly right. You know, I, I think Columbia is doing a lot in that regard. Um, NYU Poly is doing uh, a lot in this regard. Cornell Tech is happening. 
Um, you know, there's a huge push in, you know, around computer science education. You saw, you know, Fred Wilson is deeply passionate about this. So, you know, to, to me, what we can do, um, what every accelerator can do, what Techstars New York can do is to continue to raise the bar in terms of uh, the quality of the companies and the, qual the technical quality of the founders. Because, you know, it doesn't really take all that much or it's not like really as difficult as people think. But it, it's, there's a snowball effect. Like, I mean, look, we already got DigitalOcean here. It's a Techstars company. Uh, one of our portfolio companies from my first class, Tudor, was just recently acquired by Docker. And that was incredible engineering team. Right. Uh, my second class had, you know, four or five super strong engineering companies. I think it's, you know, it takes a little bit, but like we, 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 we definitely are moving very quickly and I am super optimistic about New York ecosystem. Thanks, my friend. That, that's great. Uh, I appreciate you being on the show. We'll have you back in a few months. We'll be talking. Give you a taste of business, you know?